welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kennedy Show. <laughs> oh, you guys, I'm already off to a weird start. God bless. God bless and help me. Okay, look, I made some notes. <laughs> I, I don't usually do a show with those. I made some notes because I don't want to forget the different things I want to say about uh, about this subject. So uh, I, I think I'm going to call this sucker... Stop normalizing shit. <laughs> I was going to say bullshit. Can we just stop normalizing some serious bullshit? Okay. Uh, so it's going to be some version of that. And I think I'm going to give you like a personal perspective on this topic. I'm going to give you a business perspective on this topic or something that I have uh, found to be a little fucking weird and strange in the online, uh, in the online sphere. And then maybe I'll tell you a little client perspective. And then I think I'm also going to give you like a flip side, a flip side to it. Because look, there's a, again, I keep saying this, I'm going to do a whole podcast on nuances, but there's nuances to everything. So a lot of times I think here's one of the challenges, right? We got to name these shows something. We got to, we got to find a title. We got to find a title or a subject line or whatever, where that makes sense that people might be like, Ooh, what's that about? Right. But there's always, almost always another side to things. There's another way of looking at something and there's nuances to things. So stay with me in this episode. Just take the ride. Just buckle up, buckle up for safety. Put your ear pods in, put your ear, your earphones on and like, come on a little journey with me. We're going to, we're going to talk about this stuff. So some of you may be um, old enough to remember. Um, so there's an artist that I actually really like, a musician. His name is Bruce Hornsby. Some of you might know who he is. And back in the, maybe it was the 90s. I think, yeah, I think it was the early 90s. Maybe he had a, a song called The Way It Is. And part of the words were just like this. This is, I'll just read them to you. I'm not going to, trust me, I'm not going to sing these suckers to you. Uh, and it says, uh, that's just the way it is. Some things will never change. That's just the way it is. And uh, he's a piano player and it's a really great song. And if you don't know it, like go look it up. Okay. So that's, I, I w I've been thinking about this thing about stop normalizing shit, which brought me to this song that I love, uh, Bruce Hornsby, the way it is. Okay. That's just the way it is. And it got me to thinking, we're going to dive into the personal piece right now. It got me to thinking about a guy that I used to date back in the day. And he had, uh, and while I loved this person, okay, I was, I, I was, I, I loved this person to the depths of me, but he also had a particular way of being that rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> I don't know. There was this, this, this thing 
it was this thing that it, he just seemed kind of dismissive of others. He was kind of he was kind of self-centered. He was a little short-sighted. It always seemed to be about him and what he wanted and other people's feelings didn't really fucking matter. And like there would be times when it would be like a holiday or whatever and I'd be at their house, but he'd be like be missing. Like he he wouldn't show up or he'd show up really late or whatever. And I'd always be like, what the, f- like, what, what is happening here? Like, what, why am I the girlfriend here? But like, I, I, you, you're not here, you know? And his family always just had this way of making excuses for him. And they'd always just kind of laugh and go like, oh, that's just the way he is. That's just so-and-so that's, you know, ah, he's always been this way. Ha, 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 ha. And I, I used to think to myself, like, I, I, I was like, but why has everybody just accepted that? Like, why, why, why are we okay with that? Like, how did something that is, how is something that should actually be a conversation? Like, hey, we might want to, you might want to take a look at this behavior. How did we somehow turn what should be a conversation or possibly could be a conversation into just something charming or quirky. Like, oh, that's just the, that's just the way it is. And, and then why did the rest of us like set the bar so low and just say, oh, that's okay. That's okay the way that, the, the way that he treats me or others or his family or people. Like how did his shitty behavior get normalized in the structure of that family dynamic? Now, I'm fascinated by all this. I'm fascinated by the way that not only as humans, but our brains, like we will normalize some extra weird shit, (laughs) okay? And now look, I I did this too. My sweetie, uh, the wonderful Chris Lester, uh, my husband, right? So my sweetie, uh, after a while of uh, being together, started to point out to me, how I had a pattern, I had a habit, I had a way of making excuses, especially for for men in my life, for people in my life, of the male persuasion, especially, where I would tolerate and tolerate and tolerate and put up with shit. And he'd be like, but wait, why is this person getting a pass for this thing that they said, this thing that they did, this thing that was wicked uncool? Like, like why, 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 why? And I had to realize like, oh, I kind of normalize this behavior. And there's a much deeper reason, right? Psychologically, ultimately, why I made excuses or tolerated or put up with certain behaviors. And, you know, it points to this thing where I say, well, I didn't want the truthy truth. If I, if I pushed back against so slight little insight, right? If I push back against this thing, the relationship might end, or I might have to realize that this person is kind of a dick, or, you know, I did not, I did, my nervous system at the time was not ready to have that conflict or whatever it was. So what I'm saying is I'm not letting myself off the hook either. Like when I say, uh, let's all, we got to stop normalizing shit. I'm in the we too, right? Like I'm, I'm in that we also, Uh, I have seen it in myself. The older I get, the older that I get, um, I can say it two ways. I can say that my tolerance for bullshit is so low. I can also say that my, I could say it like my standards are higher, or I could say that I'm more discerning, right? So there's different ways that I can look at this. Um, but this question 
of like, how does shitty behavior get normalized? Um, we know in families how stuff kind of gets passed down, right? Whether it's generational trauma or, you know, even the saying, like, we don't talk about things that happen in this house outside of this house. Um, sometimes like families will act as if there's some sort of pact pact of secrecy or like some code of silence that everybody took. And I'm often the one that's like, mm, I did not sign that contract. That is not me, you know, especially the older that I get and stuff like that. Uh, the more that I get comfortable in uh, regulating my own nervous system and healing my own trauma from my, from, from, you know, my life, uh, I'm able to, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's not that I, I, how do I say it? How do I say it? I was kind of wired to be, to, I was kind of wired to normalize some bullshit. And now that I'm older, I have a lot less tolerance for it. Meaning like, um, I'm, how do I say this? My nervous system is more resilient. And so I love myself more. So I'm less willing to put up with nonsense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there's that. But it got me to thinking about how they're, uh, look at you guys. I keep, I'm I'm trying to like, I'm trying to just like talk and pay attention. But there is this little sparkly thing on my face. I, I keep, if you're watching this instead of listening to it, I keep touching my lip because there's like this piece of glitter somehow on my face. Okay. I apologize. And I'm back. Okay. So I was thinking about some other weird shit that has become normalized in business, in entrepreneurship land, in the online land. Okay. And some of you may have been a participant, right? So if you've ever um, been invited to be a part of an online summit, now they're starting to call them, they, they, they don't always call them online summits anymore. They'll call them like a teaching series or a show or an interview series. Like they're always trying to find new ways to peddle, you know, old shit. Like they just like rebrand it, repackage it, whatever. But so an online summit is something like when, you know, one person is the host of this online event and they're either, you know, um, pre-recorded things where, so, you know, they'll interview somebody, they'll interview like 30 teachers to talk about this one topic and whether it's like, I mean, there's a thousand things. It can be about manifesting abundance or midlife changes or transformation or whatever, or procrastination or whatever the topic is. So the person who is hosting will go out and try to find quote unquote experts, guest teachers, whatever that they can interview for this online summit. Now, I know some of you listeners, especially if you're in the online world, you have either been a guest teacher, you've been one of the experts, um, you've maybe hosted one yourself, or I have no doubt that a bunch of you have listened to, the, to one or, you know, bought one or, you know, whatever, got the emails every day about the new interview with this teacher and that teacher. So most of you are going to know what I'm talking about. Hold on, I got to take a sip. Okay. I, I, I take issue with some of the bullshit. So right now I'm doing a little BTS. I'm doing a little behind the scenes. For those of you who aren't in this world, right? Just, just, just listen to the, some of this bullshit. Okay. So I'll never forget when I first started getting invited on to um, being uh, one of the guest experts or teachers or whatever um, on the online summits. Now, in the beginning, I was first invited by a couple of friends of mine. They knew me. They knew uh, the the quote unquote, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes right now, the value, quote unquote, that I would bring 
to whosoever audience I was talking to. They know my enthusiasm, my uh, energy, my level of commitment to showing up and serving the best that I know how to, that I'm going to bring it, right? They've seen me speak on stages. They've heard me speak on podcasts. They know me in real life. And they're like, she's a sure bet, right? People can just say, have her, whatever. So I got invited to be on people who already knew me, their summits. And then those people, when they had friends who were running their own summits, because these were really big there for a while and they're still happening. And I'm going to tell you, just stay with me, right? So I would get invited to like then be on shows with people who did not know me. Okay. So in the past week and a half, I've been invited, maybe it's been two weeks, yeah, I mean, it's been like the past two weeks or two and a half weeks, something like that. I've been invited to be a guest expert on three different summits. Now, I'm not picking on these particular summits. I'm just going to tell you, this is what goes down behind the scenes when you're usually invited to be on a summit and why I'm calling bullshit and why I, why I want to stop normalizing this because I don't think, and this is just me taking a stand. This is my opinion. I'm not saying anybody has to agree with me but I'm calling bullshit. I don't want to normalize this shit. So I want to talk about it, right? Or at least mention it here while I'm on this topic. So there's this criteria that happens. So this is the weird, this is the, this is like, let me put it, let me put it like this. This is like if somebody invites you to the prom and then they, they extend the invitation to you and they say, hey, would love to go to the prom with you. But then they followed this up with, here's a list of criteria that you must meet in order to be my prom date. And if you don't meet these things, then maybe I don't want to go to the prom with you. It's like a weird fucking thing. It's like so bizarre. So here's what happens. You get invited to this thing and they'll usually start the sentence with, oh my God, came across your website or oh, so-and-so referred you to me. Love you, love your energy, love your work would love to interview you for this X, Y, and Z thing. And you're just like, oh, that's really nice. But sometimes you get one and you realize these people have no idea actually who I am because they'll put some bullshit sentence that they think is going to be like, like, I don't know how to explain it without like outing somebody in particular, but it will be like, I love your work doing X, Y, and Z. And I'll be like, um, that is not actually what I do. So have you even actually been to my website? So it's like, you know, you're like, Pew, something stinks. Like this, something's off already. Like we're in the second sentence and something's already weird, okay? But a lot of times it's like, so-and-so referred you because I had been on their, you know, summit or whatever. And then I'm gonna give you some verbal language about what this might sound like. Okay, listen to this. It'll say something like this. Now he, now we're getting to the criteria part of the quote unquote invitation. So my requirement for you or anybody I interview or whatever the speakers is you gotta have an email list of this amount. Now it will go from anything to like 1500 up to like 10,000 or more, right? Or if you, if you don't basically have an email list of this, then you need to have a social media following of $25,000 or more. $25,000, no, $25,000 or more. Okay, so immediately they're like, oh, we love you. We think you're the bee's knees. You're the cat's pajamas. You're the cat's meow. Like, we just think you're super duper. Um, but we need you to have these things in order to come onto our playground and play, right? And not only do they want you to have a certain number of followers 
or a certain number of on your email list or whatever, then they'll say something like, and then you need to do the following. You need to like email your list twice between such and such a date, the promotional period. Um, you got to send out like one solo email to your list. And then you got to do a blurb follow-up in a newsletter. And then you need to, um, if you don't want to do that, then you got to send it to your re the people who didn't open it. You got to send it to the people who didn't open it. Um, um, the, the non-openers like a week later, like literally they come at you with like this whole criteria. Or you got to promote the replay on social media, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Here's another, here's another one. They'll say something like this. Uh, to participate, we request your agreement to send, and this is always the wording, one dedicated standalone email blast to your list. Okay. Uh, then we need you to do three social media posts. If your list is under 10,000, we ask for two dedicated this and this. Um, if you have, uh, or three social, if your list is under 5K, dot, 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 you need to do this. Okay. So first of all, when I get these, like I literally just, I'm at the point now where I just want to like stop pulling my hair out because I have had several, several experiences. One in particular, I'll tell you about just because, I had had enough of this. <laughs> so I got invited to be um, on somebody's, um, and I'm going to tell you why it's bullshit in a minute. So stay with me. But I love to give people sneaks behind the scenes of like what kind of goes on sometimes in the entrepreneurial world. That is why I am sometimes like kind of honestly just like over it sometimes. Like I, I'm just like, oh, I just can't with all this bullshit, right? On such a large level. I'm just like, I can't. Now, look, I want to be wicked clear. I am always honored that somebody asked me. I, I really love that people refer me, that they trust me um, with somebody else's audience, that people respect me enough to say, hey, um, she'd be a, a great person to talk to or whatever. I'm talking specifically not about the people, but by these stupid rules, these bullshit rules that get made up. So stay, I'm gonna, this might be a little bit of a longer episode because I want to dive into this a little bit because it's important. Okay. So I've had people who have literally like invited me to be a speaker. We get on the phone, we have a blast, we hit it off. They love me. They're like, oh my God, I cannot wait to interview for this. It's going to be like whatever words they say, right? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be fire. It's going to be this, it's going to be that, whatever. Um, and then they'll say, but here's the thing. I need you to have your list to be a certain number amount. And you're always put in that awkward position of like, so... I could lie, <laughs> right? Because now I got to like tap dance. I got to dance for my supper. Like I got to I gotta somehow like prove to you that I'm worthy because they're now disregarding their own instinct, their own inner teacher, their own intuition of, I love this person's energy. We gel. This will be a dynamic conversation. This is going to serve so many people. This is going to be amazing. And they drop into the sphere of the numbers. So I actually have had, one time, this poor girl, and I'll tell you why I'm saying this poor girl in, in a minute, okay? But so she's like, she talks to me. Everything is great. It's amazing. She loves me. And at the end, she's like, so how many people do you have on your list? And there's always this part of you that wants to say, it's none of your fucking business, right? Like either, either you want me to contribute because you know I can bring value to your people and we're a good fit. It's in alignment. The alchemy is there, right? The energy is there. And then you start to get into the nitty gritty. And I'm going to, I'm going to get to the point why I find it all ridiculous in a moment. Um, 
And I said, well, my list isn't as big as what this, this whole requirement thing is that you're asking me for. And this poor girl was then like, oh, so I guess I can't have you on then. So she basically invites me, takes up 45 minutes of my time only to go ahead and uninvite me. And it was the strangest experience. And I was like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to call bullshit and to not try to make this person feel bad. I could tell she felt bad. I could tell she felt bad. And I'm going to tell you why she felt bad. She felt bad because she was not trusting her own instinct. She was listening to what her coach, her online summit coach person, whoever was telling her to go out and do this summit in the first place, here's your criteria. This is what you got to do, blah, 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 blah. And if these people don't fit this criteria, now you got to boot them. So she basically wasted both of our times. But then here's the caveat, and this is why it's bullshit, because I'm going to let you now go even deeper into the, the behind the scenes thing. So often, the people who are actually hosting, I'm not saying always, remember, there's always exceptions and nuances, but most often, the person who is holding or hosting the online summit, they have hardly any list or any followers. So what the dynamic is, what's actually happening is these people who are trying to grow their own email list and their own followers is they're trying to ride off the coattails of the people with larger lists. So they want people who have 5,000, 10,000, 25,000 people who are going to be coming to this summit because they, they, they're, because then their thinking is when you do the math, well, if I have 25 people who have on average a 10,000 10, um, number size list, then this e these emails are going to go out to 250,000 people. But they're the one collecting the emails. So the ones who are actually giving their time, their expertise, their value, whatever, are not the ones getting the emails. The one hosting is getting the emails. So they're in a position where they have not a lot of followers. They don't have a very big list. And they're trying to use you and your stuff to grow. Does anybody else see why this is kind of bullshit, right? So they're like, I want to use you to grow my list to make money because a lot of times they'll sell the replays of these things. It's free to watch. And then a lot of times they want to sell on the back end all of the, the, the recordings and stuff like that for $47, $97, whatever it is. And once in a while, somebody will say, hey, if anybody uses your special code or link, you'll get a little piece of this. But what's really valuable in the whole thing is not the $47, it's that email list. But imagine how weird it is. They're being coached by other coaches to reach out to other coaches, meaning people like me, to try and borrow our list, to borrow our social media um, quote unquote influence or whatever, to grow their own thing. And then they have the balls to disinvite you or say, if you don't meet my criteria, after they've led with, we love you. We think you're amazing. We can't wait to hook up with you and, and, and have a conversation with you. But you have to, you know, meet these demands. And back in the day, 
right? You would get invited and then you would get on a call to see if you were a good fit and then they would drop that on you. And this happened to me like three different times. One time I met the the girl, uh, the younger woman, and I said, you understand what you just asked me to do? She's like, I feel so terrible. I go, well, you feel terrible because you basically just hit it off with me and took an hour of my time. And now you're going to disinvite me because I don't meet some random criteria that that not 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 that you came up with, but that this other person came up with and is now trying to get you to do. And this feels out of alignment for you. And she basically said, you know what? Fuck it. I love you. I'm going to have you on the show. That happened one time. But do you see what I'm saying? There are things that go on right? In the online uh, space, in the online space, in the coaching world, in the marketing world, that is just so uncool. And um, I just don't, we, we've somehow normalized it though. And I think we normalize a lot of things in business and marketing, especially in the online space that um, should not be normalized. And, you know, I was joking the other day, I was talking with uh, two of my two of my dearest friends. And I said, I think I'm going to start um, a podcast series, right? Just a few, every once in a while, drop one in and I'm going to call it like, I call bullshit. And then, and then whatever the topic will be like, I call bullshit um, online summits. I call bullshit fill in the blank. Right. So um, I'm kind of calling bullshit on this practice because I think it's so uncool. And I just think that it takes a lot. I, I don't know. I just think it takes a lot of fucking balls to invite somebody, right? Because you, you're you trying to grow your list off the backs of their numbers and then you invite them and then you're like, but here's the criteria. I find the whole thing fascinating, like psychologically fascinating. And I also think it's really gross. <laughs> so, I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with the three invitations that I just got. You know, because what happens is when I get that invitation from somebody, I immediately Google them. I try to figure out how we know each other, how they could have found me, especially if they don't lead with so-and-so referred me. And then I go and I look at, I go and I look at their social media and I look at their followers and I look at, right, like how many friends they have. And I look at the thing and I go, oh, this all makes sense why this is happening. And I just think so much of it is uncool. I think a lot of things are uncool in the online space, but let's leave it for there. Let's leave it there for now because it's something that has been normalized in business and I don't think it should be. I'm sure if you're listening to this and you're an entrepreneur, you have also experienced some things that you think are totally normalized that shouldn't be. So feel free to DM me, send send up a flare and let me know. Again, just, just in case you missed it where I said at the beginning, I am honored to be asked. It feels, I think it's, it's, it's great, especially when it is a sincere referral or somebody really loves my work. And I'm also aware of, of how there's a lot of bullshit that's going on underneath the surface. Okay, number three. So I told you, I'm gonna come at it from personal, I'm gonna come at it from business, and now I'm gonna talk like about a client. So recently a client was telling me um, this story and a series of stories. Um, and as I was listening, right, I noticed how there was like shit that had gone down in their childhood that was still coming up in some ways in their adult life. And after listening and after like compassionately witnessing and and then reflecting, right, um, and, and through our dialogue and our, and our conversation of going back and forth, right, they realized 
they realized. And I said to them, what I think is happening here is that you have learned to normalize some shitty things, some things that weren't okay, actually. And for whatever reason, the dynamic in your household and in your family or whatever, which the pattern is now kind of repeating itself in your adult life, is that, um, you know, you normalize some things that weren't okay. And we do this out of trying to survive, you guys. Like, this is why I have so much compassion for the younger versions of ourselves, um, because Sometimes to denormalize something feels incredibly threatening to your nervous system because the brain is always looking for like what's familiar, even if it's a hellish experience. It's like, oh, I understand this version of hell. I understand this thing, this, this, I call it, you know, the unsafe known. We're, we're more comfortable being in the unsafe known than we are being in the safe unknown. And so a lot of times, you know, we will um, we will normalize things because that's how we survived. And that's just how dad was, or that's just how mom was, or that's just how your guardians were, or that's just how so-and-so was. And and I I did this too. I still do this. You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, when my siblings and I, a couple of my siblings and I, if we're together, or even if it's just me, uh, you know, with friends telling stories and, you know, people are talking about their stories and how they grew up and da, 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 da. And I'll tell a story about my childhood. And this definitely happens when I'm with like my, my, my sisters, right. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll tell these insane stories and we start laughing. But when you look around at other people at the table, who grew up with maybe more normal or caring or, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. There really is no normal, but you know what I mean? When they grew up in environments that were different than us, there's a way of saying it. Um, their faces are horrified. Like they're looking at us like, why are you guys laughing? Like, this is not funny. And it took me a long time to realize that I had normalized some really unnormal shit. Like I had kind of been like, and I just kind of laughed about it. It's one of the reasons why, like, you know, sometimes if I've, uh, if I've been storytelling on a stage or something like that, and afterwards somebody will come up to me and it's the, you know, they'll be very emotional and, and they'll say, oh my God, you are so brave. You're so brave for telling that story. Like, oh my God, you're so strong. You're so whatever, like some kind, really kind feedback, right? And I, it, some part of me inside always kind of like, you know, wants to tilt my head. I always say this example, like when a dog hears a funny sound and like they, they tilt their head, I'm like, what do you mean? Because I don't feel brave. I don't, I don't feel like, oh, that was a brave thing, a courageous thing. I'm like, that was just my life. Cause I've normalized, you know, sometimes um, we make extraordinary things ordinary. And I just, I just want to say that like, Part of our healing process, and I think part of the healing of trauma is when we recognize that those things that we somehow learn to just suck up and stuff down or that we, 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 um, you know, we don't talk about that or isn't everybody else's house just like that? Like, didn't you guys often have your lights and electricity shut off because your parents couldn't pay the bills? Did you often have to like, did you not have enough food in your house or like whatever the thing was? And we just assume like, oh, that was normal. Because you know, like poor kids, a lot of times you don't, you know, working class poor kids, you don't know that those things aren't normal for other people. 
And so it's really a powerful thing when you get into some sort of, um, call it whatever you want to call it, like self-reflection work or personal development work or spiritual work or whatever therapy, when you're starting to kind of question and look at your life to realize that Maybe there are some things that have gone down in your life that everybody around you, and here's where a lot of kids end up feeling like the quote unquote black sheep of the family, is that when you start to awaken to the fact that that wasn't cool, that that wasn't okay, that that wasn't how things should have gone. Because remember, you know, like I've heard it from Linda Tai, um, my, my brilliant friend and teacher, but also other trauma teachers who say that trauma isn't just what happened. It's what didn't happen that should have happened. And so a lot of times we kind of normalize the things that didn't happen. We definitely normalize the things that that happened when we maybe should not. It does not do us any good anymore as adults. So being able to kind of look back and look at something and say, wow, that was fucked up. Like, and then be curious about like, how is that still showing up in my life now? I'm going to do a whole podcast about that. Okay. But then all of this got me to thinking about my fourth thing, which is Mr. Rogers. And this is the flip side of let's stop normalizing shit. So in my work as a spiritual mentor, uh, in my work as a, uh, you know, an integrative hypnotist, an integrative change worker, a life coach, all the different yoga teacher, all these different things, right. That I bring to my work. Um, and I, I'm bringing this up because I've just spent a whole episode talking about let's stop normalizing shit. However, here's a caveat. Here's the nuance I was pointing at. Here's the flip side of that. So sometimes in my work, it really helps to normalize shitty feeling things. And what I mean by that is that it's really important that people, especially in unshaming work, when we're trying to unshame parts of ourselves, trying to unshame certain things that have happened to us, trying to unshame ourselves, is that um, people really need a compassionate witness. You know, they need to have somebody bear witness to their trauma, to what they went through, to what they're feeling, um, so that they can like co-regulate their nervous system, first of all, and maybe, maybe experience a feeling of safety or experience of that they don't feel so alone. So part of my work is I like to normalize their hard parts, to normalize their shadow parts, to normalize the parts of them that they would rather exile, the parts of them that they have shame around. And they're like, no, I'm not, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to bring that up. I don't want to look at that. Right. And of course we have to honor that. Like we don't, I don't coach without consent, but what I'm saying is, Sometimes we will abandon parts of ourselves. We will exile parts of ourselves because we have a lot of shame. And so being able to normalize something and so that somebody can be with it, so that they can just be with it. And so that maybe we can listen, like really listen about like what happened to them. And we can kind of lean in a little bit and we can maybe learn from it right? Look at it and say, okay, let's, let's discover the intelligence of this thing. Rather than pushing it away and making this shadow pot, like something that is bad or something that we just want to push into the basement and we don't want to deal with it or face it or look at it. And look, we don't get to decide as practitioners when, when it's right for somebody to look at it. All we can do is dialogue 
and offer tools and offer pattern interrupts and deeply listen and support people as they're going through this human experience. Because this being human is fucking hard, man. I often say, right? This this being human is like the fucking forgiveness Olympics. But sometimes the forgiveness is not, is like, how do I say this? We don't get to determine whether or not somebody gets, should should forgive somebody else or whatever. Everything gets to be done on another person's terms. You know, we don't force coaching on people. We don't force forgiveness on people. We don't force them and say, well, now's the time when you, you should let go of that grief, right? We're not shooting on people. You know what I'm saying? So, but there is something really powerful about being able to um, normalize um, that what people went through, because so often you think that you're the only one who feels this way, that you're the only one who's been through this strange or hard or bizarre or tragic or brutal or violent or awful thing. So to be able to normalize the shitty feelings that kind of come up, right? The shame, the guilt, the awkwardness, the all the stuff. And to say, hey, you're not alone in this and to bear witness to it. Because then, then just maybe there'll come a time where they trust you enough or they feel safe enough, or it will be the right time to then reflect on it and release it or transform it, or to just deeply listen and be with it, to see what's underneath it, to see what's there. Because it might inform the next thing. It might inform something else right? We, we, it's so easy in, in the line of work that I'm in for people to feel like, oh, they're fucked up. They're broken. They're wounded. They need to be quote unquote fixed. I'm like, no, this isn't about fixing you. This is about resourcing you so that you're able to self-resource so that you're able to reprogram your subconscious mind so that you're telling stories that are in your own favor so that you can stop that inner critic and stop beating yourself up and stop playing the shame game. You know what I mean? so that we can start to transform these old stories, right? That whole act of I talk about your story to your glory, really that shift in perception from fear to love, that process of going home to ourselves. So sometimes it is important to normalize some shit. In this case, in this line of work, and Mr. Rogers used to say, he'd say, uh, if it's mentionable, it's manageable. If it's mentionable, it's manageable. And here's the larger quote. I friggin' love this. He would say, anything that's human is mentionable. And anything that is mentionable can be more manageable. And when we talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upsetting, less scary. The people we trust with that important talk can help us know that we are not alone. Ugh. A, I just love Mr. Rogers to the marrow of my bones. <laughs> I just love him. If it's mentionable, it's manageable. And the people we trust with that important talk can help us know that we're not alone. And so it is a deep honor for me. Like I am so happy that I can be a person that my clients can trust with those shitty things, with the, with the wicked hard shit that they've been through or that has happened to them. And that I can perhaps be a presence, a listener, a compassionate witness to help them feel so not alone as they're navigating this whole being human experience. So whether that's bringing in spiritual tools, 
creating a DSP, a daily spiritual practice, whether that's giving them tools to kind of like just stop anxiety in its tracks, pattern interrupts, somatic tools, listening tools, self-hypnosis techniques, right? Hypnosis, all the subconscious reprogramming, right? The sacred and the science, the spiritual and the subconscious, brain science and ancient wisdom, bringing that together so that people, first of all, right, can learn how to self-resource and feel external support as a resource. So they have resources and they also learn how to self-resource. Being able to do that so that we can be together in the work, especially when I do one-to-one work in the quest, but also with group coaching, which I'm, I'm starting, a, um, I'm opening up doors to a very small, intimate, like 12 people group coaching program in September, September, 2023, to create a space where we can question things. We can talk about things. It's, it's a coming together to maybe solve it or to get to the root of it so that we're not just dealing with things on the symptom level. It's so that we go deeper and we recognize the problem. And then together we recognize that maybe it is through this work that we find the solutions. So that people aren't just chasing their own tails and spinning their own wheels and they're on that like victim loop. And I don't mean victim in a shaming way, but you feel victimized by your life, right? To get off that loop, to feel like, oh, I'm not over here drowning. Like I have support. Somebody is extending a hand and trying to help me up to empower myself, not so that now I can look to them as, you know, this weird codependent guru, you're the savior thing, not that bullshit. Let's not normal. Let's stop normalizing that bullshit too. Okay. What I'm trying to say, you guys, is a bunch of shit. We should stop normalizing. There's a bunch of shit going on in the world that we should really stop normalizing. And these are these bigger things, these systems of oppression, right? The patriarchy, systems of racism, homophobia, fear of trans people, like fucking burning, like so much bullshit that is just deeply, deeply fear-based. Denying that we have a climate crisis on our hands. Like what? How are we as intelligent species and intelligent human beings normalizing so much bullshit. I see people do it time and time again. Something terrible will happen, a tragedy, whether it's another uh, person of color getting shot and killed or something terribly violent, mass shootings, rape, murder, all of it. And what do people do? They just shake their head. Oh, that's awful. Tiss, tiss. They suck their teeth. Awful. And then they go right back to the doing. We have become a society that has normalized violence, violence against women, violence against children, violence against anybody who looks different than you, all the isms, all the homophobia, all the racism, all the all the xenophobia, like all of it. And somehow we've just normalized it. Oh, that's just people. It's like, that's not all people. It's important that we don't become numb. That's another way of saying it. That we don't normalize things that we know in our heart of hearts are not right. And it might not be right on a global scale, on a like a social economic scale, on um, um, a systemic level 
in schools, in churches, whatever the thing is, but also in our own personal systems of friendships, partnerships, intimacy, family. Somebody has to be brave enough to say, this shit ends here. We're not passing the buck. We are not passing go. We are not collecting the $200. We are going to have a conversation about this because it is no longer charming. It's no longer that's just the way it is. So we have to ask ourselves, am I going to be the one who's going to know themselves well enough to know when something is going against my core values? Like, who am I? What do I believe? What do I stand for? And this is why the work that I do with others, um, it's work that I first and foremost do with myself. P.S. I'm my first client. Like, I've got to go first. Because I can't help others from a place of I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about and I have no experience. Because I need both knowledge and I need experience. And so that's what I, that's why people are like, you know, I was on somebody's podcast the other day and they're like, wow, you're like a certified this and a certified that and a certified this and a certified that. And I'm like, yeah, because I want to have these tools and these skill sets to understand myself first and foremost. So then I can have some working experience, some working knowledge of these things. I've tried them. I've guinea pigged myself as they would say, right? Like I went first. And now I can report back and now I can support others on their journey. When you're finding life so overwhelming, when you are feeling just so like, what the fuck is happening right now? And there are people who come to work with me for all different kinds of reasons. Sometimes they're going through grief or big transformations or they feel stuck or they're unhappy. Um, and, you know, there's a thousand and one ways to be unhappy. When people want to feel differently than they're feeling right now, when they want to get out of their own way, when they want more freedom, when they want to experience more purpose and meaning in their life, this is when I can bring these tools to them. But first and foremost, I had to bring them to myself because I had to awaken to the ways that I had. You know, I call it all the BSs, all the BS, right? Which is the beliefs, the stories the blind spots, the bullshits, the blocks, the systems that were in place, that were, all those BSs that were keeping me, right? From experiencing my own happiness, my own, my own inner peace, my own um, self-awareness and self-knowledge. So I don't know, this is a love letter from my heart to yours about maybe just taking a few moments to maybe scan your own self scan your own life you know a, a friend and i were talking about this the other day um or a client actually it was a client he who's also a friend but he was saying how he goes have you ever seen those shows where somebody starts off with having like a little bump somewhere on their body and then it just keeps growing now look there's a thousand reasons why maybe they didn't have insurance like i don't again nuance here there's nuance and exceptions here but before they know it, it's like a 30 pound tumor, like hanging off their body. And they've just normalized like, oh, I'll just get bigger pants or, oh, I'll just start hiding it. Or, oh, now like this is just whatever. It's amazing the things that we'll normalize. And sometimes we do it because we feel helpless and hopeless and we think something won't change. No matter what I do, it's not going to change. I maybe am a, a hopeless optimist, but I believe, I believe in the power of change. 
I believe in our capacity as people when we come together communally, not just the one hero on the journey to save the world, not that, but when, when, when good people come together. Sometimes they're called concerned citizens. Sometimes they're called like, you know, there's a thousand like self, there's a thousand, you know, inspirational quotes I could throw in here. But I think what I want to end with is I want to come full circle back to Bruce Hornsby and his, and his song, That's the Way It Is, right? Because it's, there's a fourth line of that chorus that I didn't share at the beginning. So let's go back and visit this, right? He says, that's just the way it is. Some things will never change. That's just the way it is. And then here's the line that I love. He says, ah, but don't you believe them? Because they're going to try and tell you that you can't change, that you can't grow, that you'll never be different, or that system won't ever end, or violence against women, or the patriarchy, or racism, and hatred, and all this white supremacy, all the stuff can't change. It's the way it's always been. It's a thousand years of Ah, but don't you believe them. Don't believe it about yourself. Don't believe it about this world. Don't believe it about your perception. Don't believe it about your skill set. Don't believe it about your business. Don't believe it about that the world can't change, that the ways of this world can't change. Because as long as people are here and people can change, the world can change. That's how it works. Enough people have to decide that we're done normalizing this shit. So, ah, don't you believe them? And I think I'm going to stop right there. So you guys, it would behoove me. It would behoove me to help myself. <laughs> so here's what I know to be true. When we are trying to make great change, right? When we are trying to uh, even make small change. If we... How do I say this? Having support in regulating your nervous system is one of the greatest things that we can do. So I want to invite you to storytime hypnosis. So I usually do these like twice a month. Okay. I think by the time you hear this, the next one will have already happened, but there's another one coming up in June. Okay. So um, they're like 45 minutes long sessions. And basically I, I'm like, I could describe this in a bunch of different ways. It's like guided relaxation, guided meditation, like yoga nidra or NSDR, non-sleep deep breaths. It's like subconscious reprogramming all into one, 25 bucks, 45 minutes. You get to do it from the comfort of your own home. Put your earbuds in. Don't even have to turn on your camera. It happens over Zoom, uh, but it's a group experience. And you just get to be in your cozies and your jammies and your comfies at home with the soft snuggly blanket. And you get to co-regulate. And this experience, as I lead you on this, this journey, this story time hypnosis, it's like, I always say, it's like adult story time. It's like adult storytelling. And you just cozy down and you're, it's like giving your nervous system a big old hug, number one. Number two, you can always listen to this podcast. I'm always trying to blast you guys with love. Every time I, I send one of these out, I am intentionally trying to pour love and send love <clears throat> your way. <laughs> number two. Number three, uh, my one-to-one -one work in the quest. That's what it's called. It's the quest. It is a three month, one-to-one uh, -one mentoring and coaching program where I bring together all the best parts of myself, all the stuff, the somatics, the, the, um, you know, spiritual mentoring, the subconscious reprogramming, the hypnosis, like brain science, all of it to kind of, you know, so solve the problems that are arising in your life 
or, and maybe sometimes the problem is us, right? And I don't mean, I'm, I'm being funny, but a lot of times it's our old patterns. It's our own habits, our, our old thought systems, our old stories, our old ways of being, the old identities that we've created that we're, we're awkwardly bumping up against, right? Like I said, the stuff that has happened in the past that, that we use to survive, it's no longer working. And then I also have a group coaching program that is starting in September, which I'm wicked excited about. And I'm gonna keep it small, like 12 people. Um, and I really can't wait. And I'll tell you more about that as the time comes, but if it's something you're interested in, shoot me an email and I'll keep you on the list so you get first dibs because it is gonna be a small intimate group. And it's just Karen at Karen Kenny, K-E-N-N-E-Y.com, my email, or find my website. There's always a contact, like just go to the contact page on my website, KarenKenny.com. All right, you guys, I appreciate you. Thank you for staying this whole time. I have no long, I, I have no idea how long this sucker is, but thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending part of your day with me. I appreciate you. I celebrate you. Um, I feel you, right? All minds are joined as they say, right? All minds are joined. And so um, I, I'm going through this process of whatever this is. We're all, we're all, as Ram Das says beautifully, right? Uh, walking each other home. So it was a, a delight to get to walk along beside you for the last however long minutes or whatever hour it's been. Uh, wherever you go out into the world, right? Whenever you go out and first of all, interacting with yourself, may you leave yourself better than how you first found yourself, right? So may you be more kind and loving and compassionate and considerate and may you listen May you listen to the call of your heart. May you follow your curiosity. May you be kind towards those younger parts of yourself that were just trying the best that they could. May you leave the other people. May you leave the planet. May you leave the pets and the animals. May you leave the environment, the rocks, the stones, the mountains, the trees, all of it better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may some way your presence have been a little blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>